Good evening, grave robbers. Welcome back to the television graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Laura Prince and Noah Houlihan. We have come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows, to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should stay doomed. This is a podcast in which we will analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season, or only one episode. With me, as always, is TV's Noah Houlihan. I'm a doctor, not a poet. Today we are doing Back to Norm. Back to Norm, a one-episode wonder that ran on Comedy Central, starring and created by the late, great Norm MacDonald. Yes. Uh, Norm holds a, a nice warm spot in my heart. I do love Norm MacDonald. I actually loved his ABC sitcom, just called Norm. Norm. I thought that was great. He used to play uh, back-to-back with the Drew Carey show. Yeah. And it was super fun. And uh, I remember there was a contest they did where you had to watch the episode and pick out the movie quotes that they were including for some reason. Oh, that's fun. It was a really fun episode because, like, every once in a while they would, like, slip them in where it was just kind of like, come on. Like, your dad gave you, was such a strong influence in your life. And he goes, yeah, you're right. The force does run strong in my family. And then other times it was like the punchline that they were forcing stuff in. Because someone was like uh, decorating the office. Yeah. And they used coat hangers. No more wire hangers ever. Yeah. How many times do I have to tell you? No wire hangers. So I I thought his comedy was always very uh, offbeat and original and fun. Yeah. Uh, And I always thought he was a terrible actor, but I loved him for it because he was a comics comic. Like, stand-up comedy is what he's the best at. And they always want to put uh, stand-up comics into other things. Well, I think it's also more lucrative and an easier life. True. Than touring. Very true. I think being in a sitcom is probably... Kind of the cushier option. Yes. So I could see where that's a road he might want to go down. Yeah, very true. Very because true. you get to stay in one place. Mm-hmm. You probably get paid significantly more. Right. And then the next time you want to go tour as a comedian, you are TV. Yeah, your stock has risen greatly. And so that you can charge more money for tickets and make more money mm-hmm. even when you do tour. Yes. Uh, that's They actually say that a lot with uh, stage actors. Stage actors will go do TV... Mm. So that on their hiatuses and whatnot, they can go do a play. Yes. Uh, Jesse Tyler Ferguson from Modern Family would mm-hmm. go do a play during yes, the hiatus yeah. of Modern Family. Mm-hmm. And he would say, like, I get cast because now I'm a name. Yeah. And they would sell the play off him because now he's a name. Yeah, That used to be very common when you died on Lost. The next thing you did was theater? You did a theater show, yeah. Yeah, it's very common for celebrities to do a stint in theater, and it's definitely kind of this one hand washes the other of the production can market on you, mm-hmm. and you get to do something for the craft. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So before we dive deep into this, what do you say we pour one out? All right, what do you got there? Uh, so I have... A shot that is 98% fireball and like 2% seltzer. Oh. So it's it's 98% 
burn. And I just want to say, we've made quite a few cocktails here on the show. I believe this is the first one with Fireball because we don't own Fireball. You need to go buy the Fireball. We don't really like Fireball, but it seems so perfect. So, hey, down the old gullet. Mm. <sighs> Only with Big Red. <laughs> Big Red freshness gets you through it. Whew. I didn't want to take away from this, so that's why I'm just not. Uh, I wanted to, wanted to really let this, let this marinate. With Big Red. Uh, I Do people know who, what Big Red is still? The gum? Yeah. Probably not. Do they know that jingle I said? No. No little cinnamon gum freshens breath longer than Big Red. So kiss a little longer, stay close a little longer, hold tight a little longer, longer with Big Red. That Big Red freshness lasts right through it. Your fresh breath goes on and on. While you chew it, say goodbye a little longer, make it last a little longer. Give your breath long lasting freshness. Uh, it just, uh, Go Big Red was also something they did in like a lot of high schools. If your one of your high school colors was red, mm-hmm. you'd be like, do, 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 Go Big Red. Uh, I have, um, not gay guys, just an average Joe like yeah. me. You got yourself an average Joe. Yeah. So I have, uh, this is kind of a Franken cocktail of stuff I had in the house of watermelon mint vodka. Mm-hmm. And then I wanted to top it with ginger seltzer. Okay. And then I ran out of ginger seltzer in the can that I was pouring from. Yeah. Because I drank more of it during uh, lunch than I thought. <laughs> and now it's topped with orange pineapple seltzer. Okay. And garnished with a Ukrainian pink gummy watermelon. Ooh, fancy. Huh. Yeah. It tastes weirdly neutral. Mm. Take a sip. I'll take a sip. Like... For being multiple... Th- oh, there's also red food coloring in mm-hmm. it, but... Uh, kind of tastes like Big Red. Everything tastes like Big Red to you. Everything right tastes like Big Red to me. Because I can assure you, there's nothing approaching cinnamon in that. It's uh, kind of... I think there's so many flavors that... So many light flavors that they all kind of just... Nothing dominates. Right. Because it's ginger seltzer, it's orange pineapple seltzer, mm-hmm. and it's like a watermelon mint infusion vodka. Mm-hmm. That I bought, like, during COVID. Yes, I believe that that flashes all the way back to my uh, Gimbley that I had for steveodekirk.com that I mixed with uh, wasabi. We've had that way longer. Well, it still dates back to then. Yeah, I mean, but we bought that, like, you and I went out, like, during COVID one day and just bought, like, a no. weird liquor. Yep. I don't know what you bought. Oh, it's probably gone, whatever I bought. Yeah, true. No, mine is That still... might have been the first time I got Jim Bean Devil's Cut. True, and now... <laughs> and now I just love that. So we're... D- I, I, I know it sounds like we're kind of beating around the bush here, but the thing I want to point out is that Back to Norm is only a half an hour and it's only one episode. Yes. Now, I will say we've wanted to do a bit of a, a Norm MacDonald uh, mm-hmm. tribute show for a bit. And we were originally thinking about doing the talk show on Netflix. Yeah. Which I have seen a few episodes of and I do adore. Uh, But for time constraints and things like that, and this is a little bit more obscure. And also, uh, if you want to watch this, I found this in a Google Drive that had been posted on Reddit to the RI Pilot subreddit. 
So this could vanish at any moment. <laughs> so I was like, let's do this now while it's I exists. do believe I found it on YouTube as well. Oh, did you? Yes. All right. Well then, okay. Because <laughs> I was actually looking, I was looking when I was doing research and it popped up. So this comes from 2005. This was a series that was going to be made for Comedy Central and this did air on Comedy Central, but this is the only episode. Yes. We start with Norm MacDonald doing a press conference. Yeah, about how he's going, he doesn't want to go back to TV. Yeah. That uh, he, he's, he's done with TV, doesn't want to do it. And uh, then he pulls out a gun and everyone gasps. And then he shoots himself in the head. He actually specifically, he retires from show business and he's like... I've decided to retire from show business. No. Norm, Norm, what about a reality show? No, there'll be no reality show. I'm not going to eat a plate of bugs. Call me old-fashioned, but I do not believe that you have to shock people to get a laugh. Actually, this was based on a true event. Oh, really? Yes, there was a news anchor uh, in, I believe, the late 80s. I've heard of this. Who died by suicide by gunfire on air. Was this meant to specifically I mean, parody ev- that? Or is it just... I think it's evocative of it because it's a thing that really happened. Right. And my first job is, oof, I'm sure this went well. Because it's a, a very... I mean, you're starting off with a bang, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. Um. So... He emerges into a white light and sees his Uncle Joe and his grandma. Yeah. In implied heaven. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I'll get to like fish all day. Oh, yeah. It's this cute moment with his Uncle Joe where Uncle Joe's like, hey, Uncle Joe, I see your fishing pole there. They don't have a lake here, do they? Exactly like the one I used to take you to when you were a boy, you remember? And he's like, can I go fishing? No, you got to go back. Yes. And then this is the first time we get our first laugh. Well, you can't do that. You've got to go back. But I can't return. I just shot myself in the head at a press conference. If I go back there now, I'll look like a damn fool. Well, you have to go back. You have some unfinished business. Because not during nothing during the press conference is there ever a laugh soundtrack. Yes. And it almost felt jarring. Like, oh, wait a minute. There's There's a laugh track? There's a studio audience here? Like, what's happening? Uh, so I just wanted to say how much the laugh track took me out yeah. in this moment. Uh, but they basically argue because uh, Norm believes he just became a legend. Yeah. Like they will talk about Norm MacDonald forever now because he killed himself at a press conference. And his uncle's like, no, you have to go back and do a comedy show. And then I love the response. If I go back, I'll look like an idiot. Yeah, which is funny. He then goes like, but I'm not that funny. And his uncle's like, no, you're not, but you gotta go. Yes, which uh, that brings me to one of my absolute favorite Norm MacDonald moments. Yeah. Uh, Do you remember when he hosted SNL? Um, Faintly. He does a brilliant monologue where he opens with just being like, hey, so I used to be on this show and then I got fired. Because I I wasn't funny enough. And now, I'm hosting. What happened between getting fired and now that I'm good enough to be a host? And then it it turns out, I didn't get funnier. The show is really, really bad now. (laughs) So, the bad news is, I'm still not funny. But the good news is, the show blows. And that was the opening to SNL that day. 
Oh my god, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, Norm MacDonald is a treasure. So, we then see Norm MacDonald uh, on stage in what looks to be a Middle Eastern, like... What the mid-2000s understood to be a Middle Eastern outfit? Yes. And this is when uh, we talk about timing. Yes. This show came out in 2005. I actually Mm. pulled up Comedy Central's, like, programming lineup. Okay. Because the thing with comedy, and this is something we kind of fell into with the Dana Carvey show as well, what's the most important thing about comedy? Timing. Exactly. What's going on in the world is really important to this kind of comedy. An SNL sketch from the 90s isn't going to resonate the same way now if you weren't around or aware or alive when the event happened. Yeah. So I wanted to kind of talk about that a little bit as we get into this, because this is very much a mid-2000s sketch. Yeah, dealing with the post-9-11 world sketch. Yeah, and it was about how, like, a suicide bomber would get 72 virgins. Yes. And this was a big comedy Oh, yeah. Uh, this was a big comedy premise in oh, the yeah. 2000s. I, when Robin I, Williams, 72 Virginians, you asshole. Yes, I had uh, a 72 Virgins joke when I was like, because I would have been a freshman in college during this show. So I, I, I had one. It wasn't good, but I'll tell you. I'll tell it just because everyone had one. Uh, if you Suicide Bombers get 72 Virgins... And what a great punishment that after you die, you're stuck with 72 women that just want to talk. That's actually pretty good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank um, you. I do this just with a comedian. Because <laughs> usually the premise is about the number 72 feeling arbitrary. Yes. And that's what this one's about. Yes. He gives away the punchline in the setup. Yes. And the setup is very... It's clearly supposed to evoke Chappelle. Him yeah, standing... If- because this is something they do with Mind of Mencia, which airs the same year. Mm-hmm. Um, Key and Peele do this. Yeah. This uh, seems to be... Happy thoughts with uh, Demetri Martin. Yeah, this seems Important to, thoughts, excuse me. This seems to be the way uh, Comedy Central does sketch shows mm-hmm. during this time in particular. But unlike how Ch- Chappelle had a very good way of not giving up the game. Yeah. And so did Key and Peele. They had a very, very good way of not giving up the premise of the entire sketch in the intro. Norm Macdonald totally gives the entire punchline away in the intro. Yeah. He said, he refers to what he's wearing as a crazy getup. Yes. And I'm like, oh no. And then my next note, oh no. He's talking about suicide bombers. Yes. And then Rob Schneider shows up. Then Rob Schneider shows up in brownface. And the sketch happens exactly the way you think about it. Where... There is a really solid joke in here, though, about... Norm's character misunderstanding what a martyr is. Akbar, don't you remember talking about being a martyr? Oh, yes. I want to be a martyr more than anything. You do know what a martyr is. Of course I know what a martyr is. A martyr is a guy who blows up a lot of people. (laughs) Then he runs away. (laughs) He lives into a ripe old age as a beloved hero, enjoying his martyrdom. And that, that bit is by far the funniest part of the entire sketch. Mm-hmm. And so then it's just negotiations. Mm-hmm. My next note is, Noah, you know what this sketch didn't need? 
a montage. Yes. Because we do see a negotiation montage of them like writing numbers on a piece of paper and sliding it across the table to each other. It's also confusing because they establish that Norm's talking to the studio audience that's there. Yeah. So there's, and he actually says, like, I decided to show this through a little bit of theater. Yeah. And then all of a sudden there's a montage, which is very television. So, like, to start this sketch by saying this is theater for the audience in attendance and then do a montage, it forces me as the television audience to go, well, what did they see? Yeah. Did someone just say cut? We're just going to do montage footage now? Yeah. I, I, that's something I've always wondered with like, I, I really at some point do want to watch a taping of Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Uh, because I would, this is the kind of like sketch show things I'm really curious about. I've always wondered what that's like to be in the audience to kind of see I, how that I works. I can tell you this. Yes. If you go see Saturday Night Live, you miss something like 60% of the show. Yeah, I know you miss a lot of it. Because the sets are like stacked on top of each other. So there are times where you're looking at an empty set for the next sketch while the current sketch is happening behind it. Also pre-tapes. Also pre-tapes happen. Sometimes they show the rehearsal. It's, yeah. Yeah, because sometimes the rehearsal goes better. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, Saturday Night Live is endlessly interesting in how it's produced. But I wanted to... I, that's a really good point of like what does the audience see when they do a montage when they do this montage and then what do you know they settle on 72 and then Norm gets real close to Rob Schneider and goes oh oh uh, just one more thing fellas I just wanted to tell you I would have done it for 50 <laughs> and that's the big punchline of the sketch yeah next sketch or next note Laura is this half hour or an hour <laughs> Yeah, immediately we're like, oh, we might have made a mistake with this. Because I understand in 2005, everyone was still mad about 9-11. And like, we kind of needed this type of catharsis to get over our tragedy. Today, this is a bit rough. I mean, I don't even know if it's... I don't even know it's that we were, quote, still mad. But I think it's just... This is no longer what the main thrust of our current comedy would be. Mm -hmm. So it's just this. We're really noticing the rougher parts. Yeah. Because it's not as connected to what we're currently dealing with. Mm -hmm. The same way I fully expect uh, even something as celebrated as Bo Burnham's Inside. I think if two... People in 15 years were talking about it, they'd be like, yeah, I mean, I kind of get where he's coming from, but like, I didn't have to really deal with this. Yeah, true, true. So I think that's kind of that disconnect. The next one's a little more timeless. Yes. And uh, I'm excited because we see Janet Varney. Yes, we love Janet Varney. Yeah, she's just one of those actors. She's just around a lot. Yes. Uh, You might know her as the lesbian character on Burning Love, which if you haven't seen Burning Love, see Burning Love. It's so funny. Uh, She also hosted on YouTube, on the Geek and Sundry uh, YouTube channel, Escape, which is celebrities completing Escape the Rooms. And her best known role, uh, especially for our audience, is probably... 
um, voicing the title character in The Legend of Korra. Right, right, right. So that's probably if... That is a better example. If you know her, that's what you know her from. She's definitely one of those people that you'll see her face and you'll go, oh, her. She's been in stuff. Because you'd recognize her instantly. Yeah. I do think it's funny because if you look at her known for, it's Cora and then it's a bunch of like, Drillbit Taylor as attractive woman driver. <laughs> Catwoman as party girl. Even though She's I great. She's very funny. Yeah, even though I really don't feel like those are any of the things that she would be best known for. In this sketch, she's playing Norm's wife. Yes. And we're no longer in front of a studio audience. This is clearly just a film sketch. Yeah, this is a pre-tape. And uh, for Norm's birthday, she has gotten him a threesome. Yes. Laura and I roll our eyes and look at each other and go, the third person's going to be a guy. Yes. Because we're like, this is so obvious. Then, then the doorbell rings and it's their sexy friend Gwen. Yes. In a nighty. In a nighty. Oh, hi, Gwen. Hi, Norm. <laughs> hey, listen, Gwen, uh, we're kind of in the middle of something right now. You picked a real bad time. So, uh, hey, maybe you can come back tomorrow, huh? Okay. Bye, Gwen. <laughs> Man, talk about your dumb luck, huh? We're trying to plan our threesome and Gwen shows up. Yeah, and just shoes her out the door. And then we're like, oh, he's so oblivious. He's not going to understand it. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. And then we get this, he then like tries to tell his wife, like, you're enough woman for me, love. Yeah. Like, he tries to say the right thing and then yeah. we find out what he really wants. Yeah. She's like, I'm talking about a guy. And she's like, oh, okay, I'll find a man. I'll want, I'll, have sex with you and another guy. And then that's when Christine finds out Yeah, she is not to be involved. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I'm, you know what? I'm not sure that's something I want to be a part of. Well, why would you be a part of it? Because it's a threesome? Oh, my God, Christine. Do you even know what a threesome is? A threesome is me and two other guys. <laughs> well, what am I supposed to do? I don't know. Do that reading you've been talking about. <laughs> And I like, he mentions what his preference is. Yes. I love this. Yeah. What do you have in mind? Oh, I don't have anything in mind. Nothing at all, but uh, just thinking off the top of my head, uh, what about a really handsome guy that doesn't know he's handsome and another guy that looks just like your brother? And then his wife is like, I'm a progressive modern woman. I can, I can do this. I'm going to go out and find you two gay guys. And then she leaves. Mm. And then we get the final punchline of Norm yelling out his back door. Wait, I don't want to have sex with gay guys. Yeah. I want to have sex with average Joes like me. Like me. Just three average Joes having sex with each other. Having filthy, dirty sex. It's a genuinely funny sketch. Because I really like that you and I both went, oh, it's going to be a man. Yeah. And then it wasn't. And then it kind of was. And then it was. (laughs) But this genuinely did comedy well. Yes. I thought this was a really funny sketch. It took us on the ride. Yeah. I thought this was really, really funny. Yes. This next sketch. All right. (laughs) So, a woman has set her husband on fire. And the doctor... But she's abused. But yeah, the doctor's explaining that he has been burned over 98% of his body. And she's saying that it's like 
it was justified because of all the horrible things this man has done to her. And there's kind of two sketches in one with this because the yeah. doctor keeps saying, like, I'm not a judge, but yeah. I'm not I'm a doctor, not a philosopher doing the Jim Bones. Yeah. I'm a blank I'm a doctor, not a blank. I was just like, is this a Star Trek reference? And I was like, I don't I was like, okay, I'm I'm game. Like, what's going on here? Yeah. I- he may survive, but will he live? I'm a doctor, not a philosopher. I simply don't have the words to describe the seething abyss of infinite torment in which your husband now lives. She goes, he leads her in to see her husband. Yeah. And my next note is, I don't think they're, this show's going to have the budget to show this, are they? Yeah. And then they do. They do. And it's Norm. Norm's head on a burnt puppet. Yeah, it, it's, um, for want of a better term, Wienerville vibes. Yeah, it's very Wienerville. And um, it's, like, still smoldering. Yeah, like, there's still smoke coming off it. Uh, they actually did the makeup. It doesn't look bad. It, like, I mean, the makeup it, doesn't look that bad. Yeah, it looks genuinely horrific. Yeah. Yeah, when I said not that bad, I mean, the makeup is of higher quality than I was expecting. Yes. And Norm, as this character, just goes... You just the wrong guy, bitch. Yeah, it's just him swearing at her. But because of the way the makeup is, there's his like mouth is partially melted, <laughs> melted shut, shut. And you can't really super understand him. Yeah. So it's just weird. This is so strange. And it my reaction to this, and I'm sh- this I'm sure this is not correct. But it it made me think about the way I write. Uh, Because whenever I've taken like a writing class or anything like that, they're always like, tell the story you want to tell. That never works for me as a writer. I always want to challenge myself. Where I'm always the guy that's like, how can I tell a story in one camera shot? Or how could I tell a story that like has this element in it. Like, that's how I created all the plus two horrors. Yeah. It's just me being like, okay, here's the limitations I'm putting on myself. What would I do? It almost felt like this stage, uh, this entire thing was an exercise of like, can you make a someone who suffered something super horrible still the bad guy? Yeah, I could see that. And I, I, like, I think they succeed because you expect to like, Oh my god, he's horribly burned. You're going to feel sympathy for him. And as soon as he starts talking, you're like, oh, this guy's an asshole. Yeah, I think, to me, the biggest problem is a practical one. Mm-hmm. I, he's hard to understand. Yeah. Because of the way the makeup is. Mm-hmm. That I was, like, trying too hard to follow the sketch. Yeah, I... Because I, I couldn't make out what he was saying super well. I just thought the comedy of it was supposed to be, like, he, as a person, has not changed at all. He is still the abusive asshole and has learned nothing by the fact that someone set him on fire. Yeah. Uh, it's, I don't know if I'd say it's funny, <laughs> but it's definitely weird and it definitely happened. Yeah, I, I, to me, genuinely, I think the makeup undermines the sketch. Yeah. The makeup is, it looks good, but I think they needed to make it a little, maybe they needed to like loop in the dialogue a little bit better. Yeah. Because I found myself straining to understand what was being said instead of 
enjoying the sketch. I'm also wondering if that allowed the language to get through. Maybe. Because it was muffled. Just some thoughts. And then the next thing we get is we get we go back to Norm hanging out on stage. Mm-hmm. And he talks about 60 Minutes. Yes. And how much he likes Andy Rooney on 60 Minutes. And, and he says, like, the worst part about 60 Minutes is you have to sit through 58 minutes of it so you can get two minutes of Andy Rooney. Which was a thing I used to do. Yeah. Because I actually loved Andy Rooney at the end of 60 Minutes. Where it was just kind of him, like, chatting. Like, for some reason, burned into my brain is an Andy Rooney segment where he's going through the junk drawer of his uh, kitchen. Yeah. And he's like, I have this. I've had this for years. I don't know what it does, but I have it. I also have another one. I was told that this is for soft-boiling eggs. I've never had one. I've never done one. I don't know why I own this. And it's just the simplest thing. And it used to crack me up. And it cracked Norm up. And I actually really respected that Norm was like, yo, I love Andy Rooney. But what I think is very funny with this is just, uh, again, this is so much of timing. Mm -hmm. Like, Andy Rooney passed away like 10 years ago. Yeah. So... Anyone who didn't grow up watching those few minutes, 60 minutes, is going to be like, what is this? Yes. Because I think that's the main issue with this show, is that this is from a time where comedy did not have to expect to survive into 15 years later. Yeah. Uh, So this is very much, when I say it's a product of its time, Mm -hmm. I mean like the subject matter. Mm Mm-hmm. And... They they say they can't get Andy Rooney, but we can get the next best thing. Me in heavy prosthetic makeup. Yes. And then we go we go to the set of Norm as Andy, mm-hmm. but it seems everyone is doing drugs nowadays, and we're like, oh no. <laughs> and then he talks about how he does coffee, and then there's a drug like called caffeine. So you could say I'm a drug addict. When you think about it, we all do drugs in one form or another. For instance, I like to drink coffee. I know it's bad for me, but I enjoy it. Sometimes I'll have five or six cups a day. And coffee contains a drug called caffeine. So, I guess you could say that I'm a drug addict because every day I do a drug called caffeine. And also peyote. Peyote. I will say his Andy Rooney impression is on point. So he does a peyote rant, and there is a really terrible joke about him drugging Leslie Stahl. Yeah. That really does not hold up. Because I was definitely watching this like, okay, I get, uh, oh no. Yeah. (laughs) And it's just a peyote rant, and I was like, oh, this is second, my next note, this is the second show that peyote's been a plot point in this year. (laughs) Push Nevada. Push Nevada, of course, yes. So that's the last, um... That's the last sketch. Yeah, and now it's over. Uh, it aired on Comedy Central. The director was Bruce McCulloch, which he's best known for Kids in the Hall. Okay. So uh, I feel like a couple of the... Like, this does feel a little bit Kids in the Hall-y. It does. I would say its biggest issue is this was a pilot. Yes. Do you know what this show is? No, I'm, I don't know what, you're lo- what answer you're looking for. Like... Could you elevator pitch this? Uh, this is a 
it's sold on it's Norm MacDonald doing a sketch show. Yeah, like, and like, it's very weird in the head. And I think this is a joke that most people miss. Uh, the in-between, like when it goes to commercial, mm-hmm. it's home movies of Norm MacDonald opening Christmas presents. Yeah. But like adult Norm MacDonald. It's home movies of him like riding a bike. It's all <laughs> the cliche home movies, but yeah. Norm doing them as a full But he adult. did it like yesterday. <laughs> and I, those are funny. Yeah. it To me, this is why... Certain comedians need another set of eyes. Yeah. Because this is Norm MacDonald uncensored, where he has complete creative control. And it's such buckshot, where it's just all over the place. Sometimes comedians need someone to come in and kind of help guide them and turn buckshot into a laser. And I think that's what Bruce McCulloch was supposed to be doing. Yeah, I don't think he did that. No. I think this is still just like too crazy we have sketches in front of live audience that still do film tricks like since you're doing film tricks like the montage in the uh the terrorist sketch that should have been pre-taped yeah and the threesome bit should have been in front of an audience yes i especially because like the less risky like the threesome sketch is less hot button and political mm-hmm. in that the threesome sketch could have aired last night on SNL. Yeah. That's the one you do in front of a live audience. Cause it doesn't really matter if they're politically left leaning, politically right leaning. Mm-hmm. The threesome sketch is kind of funny to everybody. Yeah. But doing like starting with like a heavily politicized sketch, especially now I'm thinking about it as like, you're just upsetting half your viewers. Mm hmm. This, to me, is so reminiscent of the Dana Carvey show. Yes. Where it's like, Norm MacDonald's doing a sketch show. I'm in. Mm-hmm. This is your opening sketch? This is the first thing you want to show me? Really? <laughs> yeah. Why? <laughs> yeah, I always think that first sketch in a sketch show is really, really important. Because mm-hmm. it sets your whole... It sets your whole tone. I mean, because the very first thing you see when you start watching the show is a news graphic saying, like, we have a very special announcement coming. So when we first turned this on, I thought, oh, cool, they caught some of the show before. Yeah. So, like, the fact that we were already in the show was, like, jarring, which means that there had to have been people who were, like, flipping through the channels and thought maybe this was a real news conference and then saw Norm MacDonald with a gun. Okay. And it's like, that would be really upsetting. Like, granted, you immediately know it's fake because you see him in heaven. Immediately, But, like, there is a moment of, like, wait, what's happening? Because there's no laugh track during that part. And I think if you're, like, if you realize it's Comedy Central... You'll be like, oh, is this a movie I haven't seen? Or is this an old SNL? Because this is back when... Yeah, true, true. This is back when Comedy Central used to show, like, Norm MacDonald-era SNL as um, schedule calk. Yeah. Just whenever there was nothing else to show, they would just show old SNLs. Mm -hmm. Now they seem to do that with, like, The Office. Yeah. Now we don't have... And Seinfeld. Do they now? Yeah. Well, last time we were at a hotel, I found that out. 
Yeah, so I haven't, we don't have cable. Yeah. Despite running a TV podcast. Yeah. Because we're not watching anything currently on. That, that's, that's our whole deal. True. So this did air. Yes. Uh, after I saw the line, I would have done this for 50 and he ran off, I think I may have watched this. Okay. Like, I feel like I did actually see this show and it left no lasting memory in me. Yeah, it was... I do like where they show it as a TV. When you look at these kinds of shows on IMDb, they call it, them TV movies. It's listed as a TV movie, even though it's just a failed pilot. Uh, so, do you have any interesting bits before we give this a verdict? No, it came out in May 2005. So, uh, a lot of people... There's one... There's The reviews on IMDb uh, do not care for it very much. Uh, the best review is Some Good Moments. Yeah, it, this I think totally misses the mark. More ups, the thing that upset me the most was when they started doing the terrorist sketch because I wanted to just watch Norm do stand up. Yeah, if Norm did a little bit of stand up in every episode, I think I'd be more interested. What I think makes Norm Macdonald so funny is that he's not trying because he's not a great actor. Yeah, so he's everything's kind of just in that Norm voice. Uh, because I flash back to another one season wonder that was on Comedy Central, Norm MacDonald's Sports Show. Yes. And one of the things I absolutely loved that he did was he made a comment about how there were so many sports movies. And he said, tweet at Norm MacDonald's Sports Show with your idea for a sports movie and we'll make a trailer for whatever the funniest one is. And then the next week they came back and he went, so we looked through all your tweets to find the funniest one and it turns out none of you are funny. So we didn't do it. Do better next time. So funny. What a great way to do that. Yeah, and he has, I'm looking at that right now and weekly recurring segments, garbage time, the last segment of the show. He starts a countdown and does a lightning round of non sequitur jokes, random thoughts and trash talk. Yeah. Because, like, I remember there was just a part where he was playing golf. He was just, like, <laughs> in a studio in front of a studio audience. And he goes, and he looks away and he looks into the camera and he goes, if I make this shot, we're all going to get laid. And he hits it and everybody boos. And he goes, I haven't looked, but I have a bad feeling about this. <laughs> like, Norm MacDonald was very funny, but, like, there's almost too much effort in this show. Yeah. To do weird stuff that it takes away from, like, Norm's natural energy. It takes away from his normness. Yeah. Uh, because I was actually reading about a different potential show for Norm MacDonald. Because they, they kept trying to yeah. get him TV vehicles. And there was going to be an FX show that never... That was canned during filming. So there's not even a single episode we could work from. Okay. The Norm MacDonald reality show. So he did do a reality show. It's fiction. Okay. And the whole premise is that uh, he's broken, washed up, mm-hmm. so he takes a reality show so that he can, like, make money. Right. And he's, like, dating a set of, like, hot twins, and it's him trying to do all of these reality show-esque, uh, all these reality show-esque, like, challenges where they're trying to just kind of make him do different entertaining things. Right. Now, it is, like I said, it is scripted from what I understand. Or maybe it's, like, loosely scripted. Okay. 
But it seemed kind of a lot of fun. Yeah. And I was very disappointed to find out that it was canned in the middle of filming. It died on the vine. It seems so much more attuned to his skill set. Yeah. Because he's an incredibly funny person. This just doesn't work super well. Yeah, it's very unfortunate. So I'm giving this, of course, a rating of Stay Doomed. This is a Stay Doomed for me. I don't love that it's a Stay... Because I, I went in like being like, yeah! Yeah, Norm! It's Norm time! But this this was a Stay Doomed. Yeah, if you need Norm, watch Dirty Work. Don't... <laughs> This is not where you should be spending your time. I mean, there's a lot of great super cuts of funny Norm MacDonald on TV moments. Yeah. Go to those. Uh, so normally this is the part of the show where I would say, what are we watching next week? But we don't know yet. The poll is currently live on Patreon. And it is between the two highest votes from our Twitter poll. It is between How I Met Your Dad and Battletoads. Yes. So one of those two will be our next week's episode. Uh, currently in the lead is How I Met Your Dad, but who knows? You got to join our Patreon so you can vote on this poll and have a voice in what we will be watching next. Uh, perhaps by the time this is posted, we will have an answer. Yeah. And we will find it in the links below. Where can people find us? Uh, you can email us at the Stay Doomed Show at gmail.com or on Facebook and Twitter at Stay Doomed. And if you want to suggest another Norm MacDonald project to me to watch, I'm at Plus Two Comedy on Twitter. If you want to chat about the importance of timing in comedy theory, I'm at Bean Bunny Lives. Woohoo. Until next time, stay doomed.